one time when I was a kid, I was with my dad at the grocery store, and there was a family of three, and they had a case of beer and two gallons of milk, and they uh, didn't have enough money for both, and they put the milk back. <laughs> they had a baby. They had a baby. <laughs> my dad was like, holy cow, baby ain't got no milk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex, and with me as usual, Will Brinton, and uh, we're here to talk about uh, mostly everything Hobbyplex, maybe some race results today from uh, from Hobby Action, a couple of our local kids went there, and then of course some of our race results, and then we'll uh, take some questions. As always, the rule is that if you want to get a question answered right away, you can super chat us. Otherwise, post your question, and uh, we'll try to get to it at the end if we have time. That being said, uh, this program is always brought to you by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. And if you get a hold of Don Zoller or Aiden Olson's dad and you're able to hook yourself up with a home loan or refinance, you can get $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your interest rate. And I have thrown down a gauntlet that I thrown down on Saturday. So basically, I think at some point we've always had maybe up to 30 or so people watching this podcast on yeah. on YouTube. And I thought, well, you know, if we ever hit 50, that's a pretty good number. Um, that's half of 100. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I thought that we could do a giveaway. So if you're here and we get up to 50, make sure you put something in the comments, whether it be just a hello or, or whatever. And I can go back through and I can get everybody's name and I can draw your name for a gift card. Um, I was thinking just a $20 gift card. Uh, from Hobby Town, yeah. I'll buy one, and uh, we can send it out if we need to, or if it's somebody local, we can just hand it to them. But we got to hit fifty concurrent viewers, and I'm going to keep an eye on that. So, because we do get like the the afterwards thing, uh, you know, I'm watching my analytics. This show usually gets about 150 to 160 views within a week. I uh, I posted something like if we get 50, yeah. somebody will get a, a yep. gift card. So. Exactly. Let's talk about hobby action first. The replacement for the Cactus Classic has been the mm -hmm. Desert Classic for a while. And, uh, oh, I just got a text from my wife. Hang on. Welcome to Text with Gretchen. Today's episode, Roofing, Resting, and You. So we, uh, we, had, we had a leak in our roof. We built the house in 2007, so we had a, but we got the roof replaced not that long ago, and so Gretchen. Really? Yeah, Gretchen and I called the uh, company and we're like, "Hey, we got a leak, and it's still under warranty." And so they came out and uh, took a look at it today. And here's the thing: I'm not a morning person. I've never been a morning person. Anybody that comes to our races uh, and sees me at 7 a.m. in the morning should know right away that I'm not a morning person. I don't want to be there at seven in the morning, but I have to, cause that's my job. Um, mm -hmm. but when I have a day off, like my Mondays, I have almost every Monday off. I like to sleep. I waste like half a day asleep usually. And so here I am, I'm getting a text at, uh, at 8 a.m. in the morning. And, uh, here's, here's what she said. She said, uh, can you please let me know what they say? Sorry to wake you. 
I didn't know they were coming today. Please make sure they get up on the roof and make sure there are no holes or loose shingle. So basically, my wife knows that with me, if somebody's coming, I'm just going to be like, okay, yep, great, get it done, thank you. I'm going to go back over here and go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. If if it was Gretchen was home, she'd be all up in their business, right? Yeah, she'd be up there on the roof with them. Yeah, she'd be she'd be she'd be out in the backyard <laughs> with binoculars, making sure that you know they're doing what they're supposed to. Because she actually has had before. Uh, somebody come to look at the air conditioner and she, she took a video of it. The guy literally just sat next to the air conditioner and played with his phone for, for 45 minutes and then came back in and billed us a full bill. Like he never, he actually didn't do anything. So she actually has proof that, you know, sometimes these guys don't do what they are supposed to do, but this, this roofing company is pretty legit and I know the owner. So I know that they're not going to do that to us. Anyways, who you haven't do it. Uh, uh, Chappelle roofing chapel roofing. Yeah. Yeah. That's who put the roof on my house. Oh really? In, uh, 2016. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd keep do it. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, make sure they come inside to look also. And then she puts, by the way, I'm getting us both tested for sleep apnea just out of the blue. Just right. Yeah. I, and, I have sleep apnea. I have a CPAP machine. Yeah. Everything. My yeah, wife needs I, it, man. I mean, she is a I, train wreck at post- night. Yeah, I rattled the windows if I don't have that bad boy. I, I need it. I needs it. Uh, okay, so then I so then I basically just ignored those texts, and then I said, if uh, if I ride no, my yeah, if I ride my bike to the podcast, this is this is like four hours later. If I ride my bike to the podcast, will you pick me up? And she puts, mm-hmm. uh, what time to pick up? And I go, I don't know, eight thirty. She's like, with my car, and I'm like, because <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a dick. I'm like, no, with a horse and carriage. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I thought it was funny. She did not think it was funny because her next text was, uh, I'm not picking you up if you're going to be like that. <laughs> and then uh, then I give her the address. And then I forgot to tell her that I actually did not run my bike to uh, to the podcast. And so she just texted me now. She must know something. She goes, um, did you forget to tell me something? She probably got home and saw that my truck wasn't there. But she puts, um, did you forget to tell you, tell me something? And in fact I did. So I should probably text her back real fast and tell her in fact that I don't need her to come get me, but she probably has figured it up by now. So she hasn't listened to the show. No, not really. I mean, sometimes she, she <laughs> says she does, but no, not really. My wife doesn't either. I yeah. don't blame her. Yeah. I don't blame her. Either. <laughs> she gets enough of this 24 karat comedy and <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis. So. So the replacement for the Cactus Classic is now known as the uh, Desert go. Classic. Desert Classic. Yeah. They still give awards that look like cactuses. Did you see that? Yep. Sure. So everybody knows what it is, but they just can't call it that, right? This, this for, uh, for legal legal what's reasons. His name? The guy. This this the guy that used to own the Hobby Town. There is he still own the rights to I the name? Believe that's what is the deal. Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty. That's sure. weird how you could own the rights to an event. Like who spends some money on that? Oh, well. Mm. What do I know? I mean, I remember when uh, SRS changed hands, and that was, I think, that they legally had to get the rights to the name of the event. Really? Huh. Yeah, pretty that's, sure. Uh, that's that's really interesting logistically. Yeah. So, uh, I want to talk about a couple of our locals that went there. One of them, uh, Nate Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Nate Sutherland doing his thing in the stock class. He's almost a shoe-in now for A-Mains. Uh, the, the, the masters of dirt. I mean, he was in the running for the actual stock masters of dirt thing title or whatever. 
Really? He made all, yeah, he made 13.5 truck and uh, and buggy A mains. And he got, I think he got second in stock buggy. So, I mean, he was, a little bit of luck would have went his way. I mean, Al Morasco owned everybody at that race, but he was close enough where if he just would have had a little bit of luck on his side, he might have had given, you know, him a, a run. AJ Morasco? AJ Morasco, sorry. No, no. Mm-hmm. But uh, he would have given AJ AJ. a run for the money. So, but either way, uh, Nate Sutherland um, qualified seventh, finished sixth after the points. He edged out Frank Root, finishing seventh. Wow! And uh, some some that's uh, saying something. Zeke Bollinger got fourth. Yeah, that was really good. Mm -hmm. Ah, Look at Joe Pillars making a main. Qualified tenth, finished eleventh. But still made the main. So yeah, it's uh, something. Let's see. Uh, I think in thirteen five, Nate Sutherland qualified ninth, finished fourth. Wow, that's really good. And uh, Zeke Bollinger taking the win. I saw that. That's, that's pretty awesome. In thirteen five Wheeler. How about Kyle Schmer? Kyle Schmer getting third, qualified third, finished third. Kyle was here for the INS race. That is great. And then let's get into the mod classes. So two-wheel mod, one of our guys, uh, Tom Rinnernecht, qualified eighth, finished eighth in two-wheel. And Dakota, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, Spencer, TQ'd in one. Dakota was uh, qualified third, got second. How about Aiden Horn, qualifying second, getting in the top three against the big boys. I mean, look at wow. these names behind him. Dustin, Ryan Cavallari, Ron Duvall, Ryan Mayfield, Austin Wick making the main because they run slicks there. Austin's a, a, a slick fan. Yeah, he's, he's a slick man. <laughs> uh, and then four-wheel drive again, Tom Ritterneck making the main, um, finished eighth. And then in this one, you saw Dakota Fend. Um, qualified third, finished first. Cavallari with a good top three. Um, qualifying fourth, finished second. So the Losi cars taking the top two in four wheel mod. Hmm. And then it was Spencer, Aiden Horn with a fourth, Mayfield with a fifth, Evans, Ron Duvall, uh, Blake Champlin, Lee Setzer, Austin Wick making the main again. How about that? Qualified 10th, finished 11th. I think Lee Setzer got the bump to end, yeah, he ended did. up finishing 10th. So, and then I don't know where Aiden Olson finished. Here's four-wheel drive. See if Aiden's in this one. Oh, yep, look at that. Much more modified four-wheel drive B made. Aiden Olson uh, was your BQ finished second behind Lee Setzer. Oh. Yeah. So close. Yep, just missed it. And then where's the uh, where's the two-wheel mod B main? Here it is. Let's see if he made the B there too. Uh, yep, there he is. Qualified 10th, finished 7th, so he moved up. That's pretty good. Yep, just beat out uh, Scott Spear, who I haven't seen in ages. So, there you go. I think those are our locals that went to that race. And uh, Hobby Action's got probably what you would consider to be, like, one of the best facilities in the whole country. Oh, yeah. I mean... They have, I, carp- they have carpet there, too, don't they? No. No, okay. No. Then I'm I'm mistaken. It's they're 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 strictly dirt. It's a it's a it's a desert dirt. They run slicks pretty much all the time. 
uh, their place is known for being like very clean. Their hobby mm-hmm. shop is, is, um, it's, it's cool. I've seen pictures of it. It's like, uh, it's on the side of the, of the, the thing and it, it stretches out really long and there's a lot of space. There's not a whole lot of clutter everywhere. I mean, they do a really good job down there. Oh yeah. I feel like, I feel like the Hobbyplex is also one of the better facilities in the country, but because we have so many different racing that we do and we're we do of, it all, but, and our shop is more along the lines of a traditional, I'd say mom and pop shop where there's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, de- it's, it's definitely like man cave ish. Like you, know? you walk into the, you walk into leisure hours. Right. And you're like, wow, this place mm-hmm. has been here for a while. Look at all this stuff they have. I think that it's, it's that yeah. way for, it's <laughs> definitely that way with us. Mm-hmm. And we try to keep everything organized. I mean, luckily the people who work here at the Plex know where everything's at too. That helps. And that's, that's one, that's one thing about having yeah. everything behind the, behind the computer too. So. I mean, if you think about it, like how many time, how many parts for dead cars are there, you know, that we end up getting stuck with and things like that. You yeah. Know? Yep. Like that, that's something to think about. Like since we've been around for so long now, yeah, it's weird to think about. But yeah. We've been around for a long time. Yeah. I was able to dump a lot of, a uh, lot of, like just completely dead stock parts off of eBay a couple of years ago. Really, really helped clean the place yeah. up a lot. We had so many old, 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 old parts. And most of that stuff's been gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't even like RC 10 parts. It was like stuff or stuff. Nobody wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was like, it wasn't anything sought after. <laughs> there was like a couple hundred dollars of like sport works cars parts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I have a question for you. Here's my question. Okay. Why do so many people drop their cars off to get fixed and not know what kind of car they have? Maybe they got it as a gift. Okay. That's a good one. That's my first thought. Like, like, uh, dad got a RC truck for father's day. Right. Mom comes in. I just want an RC truck. You know, yeah, and uh, they sell an RC truck, and he's got an RC truck now. You know, that that's the only thing I could really think of. Or they bought it from somebody used, and they didn't know what they were buying. They I do, I do see quite a bit of that. I also, I also yeah. see quite a bit of they bought it from somebody used, and the person who they bought it from told them that it was a, a different vehicle that it actually was not. Yeah, I see that a like, lot. It 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 becomes like. Uh, like a people used to call two wheel drive buggies RC tens, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, oh, it's an RC ten. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a little different now. This poor guy brought in a crawler, and he's like, "I got an SCX ten, and uh, this SCX ten two, and I need some parts for it." And I'm looking at this thing, going, "Dude, that's not an SCX ten two. In fact, I don't yeah. even know what that is. Like, it was some off brand Amazon thing." And yeah. Uh, He's like, well, the guy said it was an SCX-10 too. That's got to be what it is. I'm like, nope, it's not. And I showed him what an SCX-10 too looks like. And he's like, ah, that son of a blankety, blankety, blank, 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 blank. I'm going to go get my money back. And then, and then that same car ended up being online again. <laughs> yeah. Like not that long afterwards, but it was mm-hmm. under the right thing. Like there was like some Amazon thing. There's this guy uh, at, when I worked at Hobby Town that uh, he bought. Uh, it was an LST, 
Mm. Maybe an LST2. I don't mm-hmm. remember if it was an LST or LST2, but it was definitely an LST. And the guy bought it and he paid $600 for it used from some guy. Like he was doing work at like a trailer court somewhere or something. This guy was running around and the guy like talked to him. The guy was talking about how he wished he could sell it because he like owed people money or something or he owed, like needed the money. Yeah. The guy felt bad for him and bought it thinking it'd be cool to have anyway. And like the engine was blown up. It needed a clutch. It needed like the pipe was dinged. It needed a tank, all this other stuff. And Jamie sold him a brand new one. Like that's how good at selling stuff he was. He was yeah. Like, By the time you fix this thing, you could have just had this. Yeah. So he, he actually sold the dude a brand new LST like across the shelf. And he just like, he was like $1,200 deep in this thing. Cause those, those were like, 15 or those are like $550 trucks. Yeah. I remember yeah. right. They even, were even back then they were a monster truck. Yeah. I just, it's anyway. so crazy to me how, uh, you know, um, like I'll get a call and they'll be like, Hey, I need this. Uh, I need this part and they don't know what to call the part. Right. And so then you got to go through the decipher. Okay. What are we talking about here? And the first thing I ask is, okay, well, what kind of car is it? And like mm-hmm. maybe, 60% of the time, the person on the other end of the line has no idea what kind of car they have. And so yeah. then I'm like, then I'm like, okay, well, um, why don't you just bring it in? That's my thing. Cause I'm like, I can't help you if you don't know what kind of car you have. Well, they need to buy the part anyway. So they might as well, it, yeah, it ensures it the in. fact that they're going to buy from their local hobby shop. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. The other one that gets me is when somebody's picking up their car that we've worked on. Mm-hmm. And they still don't know what kind of car they have. So I, I, cause I'll be oh. like, I want to go back and I, and grab the car. I'm like, Oh, well, which car was it? And they're like, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. What's your name? And then you go back and you look at every single one so you can find the name, which is fine. Not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. It'd just be a lot easier if they knew what kind of car they had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it blows our mind, but I mean, you know, when you think of like the one night stand style, uh, RC car guys, like they get a car, they run it up and down their street, maybe a couple battery packs, mm-hmm. maybe a gallon of fuel. And then it sits in the garage on a shelf or, un- you know, in a closet for a year. Why, why do guys have their significant other, either girlfriend or wife or whatever, make the phone call to the hobby store and then proceed to yell the questions out behind said significant other. And then that significant other basically repeats verbatim the question. And then I give the answer. And then they yell out to their significant other behind them the answer. And so basically I'm having a, a conversation that should be between, between two people on the phone that ends up being between three people on the phone. Yeah. Why does that happen? I don't know. Uh, We had a guy that would come into the store and uh, he had a Revo and it would need like a part or a thing, whatever. And he would be in the store. The guy would be in the store, like walking around and his wife would bring the truck over to us and have us look at it and fix it or whatever it needed. Yeah. And go through it. And he wouldn't talk to us ever. It was, it was bizarre. And it was his truck. Cause I, I, I thought, well, maybe it's her truck. Maybe she's in, you know, monster trucking. Yeah. And, um, I said, is this your truck? And she said, no, it's my husband's. I was like, oh, 
well, does he know what he wants? And she said, I don't know. Let me go ask him thinking like she'd call. Yeah. And she like walked across the store and went and talked to him and then came back. But this is the case. Like every single time they're in the store, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't like be involved with the conversation. It was so weird. That, that is a weird one. Yeah. The, the phone call thing happens so often that it's, it's kind of become a trope. At the Plex. Mm-hmm. Not just at the Plex. I think at any hobby store, I bet you. Actually, probably any retail store. It probably happens a lot more than, than just us. Yeah, I'm willing to bet. But it's pretty funny when it does. And then I'm I'm still like, why don't you guys just bring it in? I'm tired mm-hmm. of I'm tired of having a conversation between three people. Because you ever play that game when you're a kid where you 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 uh uh, you, you like make a circle in the classroom and then you, you're supposed to like tell somebody one thing into their ear and then they pass it on the next person. They pass it on. And then by the time it gets around to the, the end of the line, the story is completely different. Yeah. Like telephone. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's, um, that's like what that's like when you're trying to go back and forth between several people. Yeah. We had this one like really like weird kid that would come into the store, not to go off on another tangent, but it's like, he had like a nitro rustler. And, uh, he, his, his mom like was like frantic, like trying to figure it out. Like they'd come in at five o'clock or six o'clock or whenever we closed on a Sunday, they'd come in at like 10 minutes late and, or 10 minutes till we closed. They got a pull start for it. It had the easy start and they wanted to delete the, um, pull start. Right. Or the easy start. And they got a pull start. Cause the easy start needed to be replaced or something. And they, they got it. And I was like, you know, we figured it out. It's like five 30. And I'm like, as soon as I walk out, I lock the door behind him and I go to start counting the register. Finally, she like comes running back to the, to the door and banging on the door. And I'm like, yes, she hands me the pull start and it's all like sprung apart or whatever. And I was like, dude, and and she said, "What happened? It's destroyed. It is it, it's defective. I need another one." I said, "Well, you're not supposed to do that to them. Like they have to be on the engine before you can start pulling them. Yeah, or they'll spring apart like that. Like, I'm sorry. Like you'll have to come back and get another one some other time. I already shut the drawer down. Yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. They were in another time, but I have another story. Just remind me some other time. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah the uh the the pounding on the door people bug me yeah like uh what wasn't that long ago there was so a lot of times on like a friday night or a thursday night we'll shut the store down but there'll still be racing going on or like a wednesday mm-hmm. night even right and yeah. uh we had done this one night and there was a lot of people there playing on the dirt track and this poor guy earlier had gotten this car just demolished by somebody probably going the wrong way on the track or whatever, which is why we call it open track. We don't call it open practice because you really can't practice Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, you kind of can if you, if you're you're lucky, but most of the time it's such a melee out there that you just, you don't really, it wouldn't be good practice for you and me put it that way. Nah, you know? So, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he, this, this gentleman thought that he had left his car in the store and I looked around all over for it and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm counting the drawer in the back and I hear just bam, 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 bam. This guy wouldn't stop banging on the back door for like four or five minutes straight. Like the back door, like by the, the blue dumpster? door. Yeah. The blue door. 
Oh, the blue door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To the track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's gotta be annoying to the people racing on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so finally mm-hmm. I come out. I'm like, what, what do you need? What's going on? And he's like, he's like, I cannot find my car anywhere. And I'm like, well, it's not up here. Sorry. And, uh, yeah. it turns out he actually had his, uh, his, his family had actually taken the car and put it in the other car. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but at least he yeah. had the, he called back the next day and said, I found it is in my car. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Cause normally it's, it's, they don't even tell us like they're, they're almost like embarrassed. Yeah, I would be. I mean, if it were me, I'd have been, yeah. been embarrassed. This one time at, uh, this one time at, a uh, before I was working at hobby store, I, I was a meat clerk at the grocery store and, uh, mm-hmm. I had handed over like $50 of crab legs to this lady. And I had just, and then I had like gone to on break or something like that. And I just caught this lady out of the corner of my eye, taking these $50 worth of crab legs and they're supposed to be cold. They're supposed to stay cold. And she put them on a shelf in like the cookie aisle and tra- and, and then like picked up a cookie or so she had, she like for she like decided that she didn't want the fifty dollars in crab legs, so instead of taking the fifty dollars in crab legs back to the butcher shop, so that I could unravel them and put them back, which mm-hmm. I honestly I'm not sure if I would have been. Legal. I don't know if you could do that. I don't know if I could legally anyway, be obligated but, to do that anyways. But but at least they would have been you know back where they in the in the cold or whatever. She put them in like a like the like the the um, like the cookie aisle where it's warm and dry. And so yeah. I saw this, and so I decided that today's the day. This was towards the end of my run before I got before I changed jobs. Today's the day I'm going to make a stand for the meat shop. And so I grabbed those fifty dollars worth of crab legs, and I followed this woman. And and <laughs> before she like turned, it's like with those things they do now on YouTube where they like they like mess with people in Walmart. Yeah. I put the crab legs back in her basket. While she wasn't looking. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I watched her some That's more funny. and she like, she saw him and she's like, what? She's like startled. And she looked around and then she picked them back up and put them back on another shelf. And so then I followed her. I like watched her again, grabbed the crab legs and then waited until she got into the checkout aisle, came up behind her and went, ma'am, I think you forgot these. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. She was mad. She was mad at me. Did she pay for him? No, she did not. She's like, Oh, I didn't. She's like, Oh, I didn't want those. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm like, well, just bring it back to the meat, meat department next time. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a pretty big ticket item to dude, just like that happened all the time at the grocery store. It still does. Still does. Cause Man. you'll see like family packs of pork chops just kind of hanging out in the juice aisle. And you're like, a decision was made here to trade pork chops for some, like a like a twenty pack of high C or something like that. Yeah, one time when I was a kid, I was with my dad at the grocery store, and there there was a, a family of three, and they had a case of beer and two gallons of milk, and they uh, didn't have enough money for both, and they put the milk back. <laughs> they had a baby. They had a baby. <laughs> my dad was like, "Holy cow." Baby ain't got no milk. (laughs) (laughs) 
I found one of those. There was like a box of condoms and something at a Walmart once that was, and I was, nice. I took a picture, I took a picture of it and I was like, a decision was made here. And I put that on Reddit under the uh, decision was made subreddit, hoping that it was, was it next, hoping that it would go viral. Didn't go viral. Nobody, no. nobody really no. thought that it was that funny. And I'm like, how can you not think this is funny? This is hilarious. Well, I guess they're already in that aisle. I don't yeah. know. I don't buy them. It must anymore, not have been but... too funny because I don't remember what they were traded for. Oh, yeah. So, whatever. I mean, it's like, it, it, I was going to say, it would have been funny if they were traded out for, like, a pregnancy test. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those are already in the same aisle, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, that would, be a, yeah. that would be a pretty funny decision was made here. All right. Well, we're going to get into results real quick here after. Maybe we should do a pivot landing break. Yeah, we probably should. I don't Right now, we've hovered at 31 people watching at the same time. So it's got to be it's got to be at the same time. So we're at 30 right now. So get get mm-hmm. use the pivot lending break. Well, no, you should watch the pivot lending. Listen to the pivot lending break. But at the same time, text your buddies to get on the show so we can have. I can see that number jump up to 50 just one time so that I can uh, I can take these names and give out a gift card. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a Pivot Lending Update with Dave Rolson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is David Olson uh, with the Pivot Lending Update. Just want to kind of give you guys some of the activities going on in the conforming markets, some of the government markets, non-conforming jumbo markets. Uh, now that we're into 2021, and here we go, conforming loan limits have increased. So if you're looking for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, new loan limit is $548,250. So you can take a loan on up to that amount in the high cost areas. So for example, a lot of the counties con- uh, contiguous to to like Denver, some of the bigger metro areas and Denver itself, uh, high loan limit is $822,375. So those are the, the new lending loan limits for conforming. In the government world right now, we have FHA loans. We can lend up to $356,362. Uh, so if you're looking for an FHA loan, you now can go up to $356,362. It's really good. That's about a, almost a hundred grand more than we were at five, six years ago. Used to be around the 271 mark. Uh, VA loans, you can go up to the same as the conventional 548, 250. Jumbo loans are 548, all the way up to 3 million. So uh, we are, we do a pretty good job in that space, actually, too. Uh, we have offices. In some heavily populated areas of Jumbo Land out in Southern California, uh, Scottsdale, uh, we're we're now entering into New England. So uh, if you happen to be in that Jumbo territory, we got some really, really, really good Jumbo rates. Uh, VA uh, again, that was the five forty eight two fifty. Last thing is USDA. USDA income limits have increased uh, now in twenty twenty one. Uh, the new limit uh, starts at ninety thousand three hundred, and tears off at one hundred thirty-two thousand fifty dollars. Those are based on your household sizes. 
So the number of head in the household that gets you into that program. USDA is really nice. It's, it is populations, uh, 25,000 and less, uh, for your city or town size. There are a few counties in Nebraska that are grandfathered in a few areas or cities, I should say, uh, Norfolk and uh, Columbus, uh, exceed that, but you can still get the USDA, uh, programs. I believe you can also get, uh, into the USDA programs, which USDA is hundred percent financing. So it's very similar to the VA program. There are a few unique program guidelines that they offer. For example, if the appraised value is higher than the purchase price, you can actually uh, borrow up to 100% of the appraised value to include in your closing costs. So that's pretty cool. All right. So those are kind of the updates for the loan limits and income limits uh, going into this year. If you have any questions on those, make sure that you reach out to either myself or Dawn. I know that the guys uh, on the podcast, Alex and, and Will, tend to say that uh, I'm, I'm out and about a lot, and which is true, but I always have my cell phone on 402-881-5951 or reach out to Don Zoller, of course. I can get back to you and give you some updates on what you're looking for and then get you with Don um, if she's unable to, to answer the phone. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. Now to your regularly scheduled program. Super chat. All right. Well, we just got uh, our first super chat of the show. Uh, Nick Nuthouse, ten bucks. Nice. He got his stickers Friday. Which I'm out of stickers. Nice. I got to reorder. I got to order cool. another fifty. So the minimum is fifty. So I've just given him to order another fifty. Um, That's a good deal. Yeah. How freaking awesome, this is what he says, how freaking awesome that we had 50 Plex spec drivers on Friday and also that the Friday group is the best. Had an issue with my soldering job coming loose, would have been done for the night, but people got me fixed. So that's good. That's great. Yeah. I have like three soldering irons floating around downstairs somewhere. They just get keep getting passed around. And yeah, that, isn't it weird that the, the think of it at RC car race that it's hard to find somebody without an iron? Yeah, I know. You know? I'm going to crack open my uh, liquid sugar here. I'm sorry to cut you off before that pivot landing break too. I know you wanted to say some more. Oh, I was just going to say uh, 50 viewers at the same time, man. <laughs> <laughs> like off his face. Mm. Oh, man. Hey, pass me a kickstart. The winner is... The super chat actually leads us into results. I'm going to get through the results pretty quickly, but I did want to say, uh, how about Friday night, man? We had 49 Plex Speckers, a new record for Plex Spec. That's awesome. That is insane how many mm -hmm. beginners we have uh, on, a, on Friday. And again, I love Fridays because uh, nobody cares. Like the track, it doesn't yeah. matter what condition the track is. Um, some people do are concerned about how long things can get, but that's only because, uh, the more people we get, the longer the race program runs. So, yeah. But other than that, like, it's so, it's great. Cause nobody cares. There was a group of like eight chatty girls that were in the store that I had to kick out at eight o'clock. I was like, okay. Cause I had listened to them for like an hour 
<laughs> and it was like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Made me happy. I didn't I have a girl. Like, I thought you were going to be like, oh man, I hope they're not talking about me. <laughs> oh no. No, no. They were like, they were like, uh, they had to be like anywhere from eight to 12 maybe. And they were mm-hmm. just nonstop chatter for the whole hour. And I was just like, this, this has got to end soon. Mm-hmm. So I sent him downstairs. I'm like, go be loud and chatty with your parents. I yeah, go exist somewhere else, please. Yeah, please go somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, so we had uh, A, B, C, and D main and Plexpec for the night. You had, uh, looks like Steve Wall taking the win. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb Tolberg, a lot of familiar names here for Friday night. So Caleb Tolberg with uh, a second. Josh McMullen was third. McMullen and his daughter came out to race. That was pretty cool. Um, Paul Yoder, fourth. Joshua Rothfuss was fifth. Mason Corbin was sixth. J- Jacob Yoder was seventh. Andrew Thomas was eighth. And uh, Jacob Tolberg was ninth. We're going to talk about Andrew Thomas again on Saturday. They did the twofer. And then there was a four-wheel drive class. Um, Sam Saunders beat out his dad, Troy, and then Josiah Roby was there. Thought he was just working on his car. I didn't know he was actually racing. Then there was a buttload of, um, one of my favorite words to say, by the way, uh, but of buggies there. So we had, I think there was a lot of buggies. Yeah. I think there was 11 cars total. Um, some of them either broke out earlier, went home, but Emerson actually came out to race and, uh, TQ'd over Jackson and then Jackson got him in the main. But nice. Uh, so what happened was, um, it was going to be a lot closer of a race. It ended up being 14 seconds. But Emerson was doing the back jumps, that double quad, and unfortunately, this kid decided that he he was doing trying to do a good job at Marsh Corner Marshall, but he also wasn't looking at who was coming, and he jumped mm-hmm. right in front of Emerson, and Emerson pegged him right in the boob. Really? Yeah. And this and it must have hurt because this kid. I watched, I felt so bad because I was, I was just watching the race and, uh, I felt so bad because this, this poor kid, uh, was basically holding his, his, his lower boob the whole time mm-hmm. as he was walking back. Yeah. He just, he straight up took the hit, bent over, looked around, came right off the track and Emerson was still there. Emerson actually, it, he hit this kid so hard that Emerson's body came off. Oh, <laughs> So sorry, poor kid. I felt bad. Yeah. Um, but kind of like when uh, when Emerson was younger, I'm like, well, he'll learn. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't do that again. Yeah, but he doesn't do that again. So Jackson took the win overall. Emerson was second. I think Jackson and Emerson are both running mods. Um, I think Troy Sanders, who finished third, I think he won the, the stock racing. So it was Troy, Sam, Nick, Trey Wysocki, Lance Murray, Sheldon Portnell, and then a couple, whole bunch of people that didn't uh, make the race. Hmm. And then finally, they had a small group of what they called e-buggies, but it was really just like this massive mixed bag of different vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rex Ebel, Trey Wysocki. I know Trey was running probably as many Truggy. He might have been running his e-buggy, actually. Uh, Wyatt Ebel. Um, those are those are the two do- the kids that come with Rob uh, from like the Fort Dodge area. Yeah. And then uh, Steve Wall uh, finished fourth in this one. Jackson Anderson didn't start. But the big news about Friday was that we had almost 50 plexers, which has never happened before. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Then we follow that up with Saturday Speed Off-Road, which had 85 entries for the day. Mm-hmm. And we still had two big, I think we had like 15 or 16 plexers. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it was still a very busy day. Um, it was beautiful out. Um, so we opened up a few doors, uh, near the entrance. So we didn't dry the track out, but it did feel pretty nice in there. So Plex Beck, um, Eli Webb, Eli and his bro, uh, Cole had been coming and practicing like two nights, two nights a week now on Mondays and Thursdays. And every once in a while, I'll see them on a Wednesday. So they're getting laps in, which is really good. So Eli from the sixth position, taking the win in Plex Beck. Andrew Thomas driving the super bandit. His car looked so good. Like he's running proper tires for a bandit. And you normally don't see yeah. a bandit be able to take on our track very well. And, uh, but dude, Andrew was, Andrew was that little bandit was doing really good. Then Dalton Conrad qualified first, finished third. Dalton, uh, I think they might've been there on a Friday too, but, uh, Dalton did really good. They drive like a four wheel drive rustler with uh, really good tires. It works really well. And then Grayson Stevie qualified third, finished fourth. Ariana Smith with, uh, her dad got her a buggy. So she's basically running mod buggy and plex spec. <laughs> um, yeah. she qualified fifth, finished fifth, man. Um, Kara Gannon, uh, Kyle's wife finished sixth. Mm-hmm. Eli Vanderbeek finished seventh. Cole Webb was eighth. Alexander Eckler was ninth and Jake Conrad was 10th. And again, all these guys finished too. So that's what we want on a side note. The uh, Webb brothers, Eli and Cole, both, uh, are pretty, pretty, uh, uh, happy to go corner marshal too. Whenever we need extras. That's good. I gave him some stickers afterwards. That's where my last two sticker sheets went. Actually, was I nice. gave him, I gave him stickers for for volunteering so often. Do they listen to the show? Yeah, I think they do. Actually, yeah, Ooh. pretty sure. That'd be cool. Uh, thirteen five four wheel drive. This one was pretty competitive all day. Um, Owen Vanderbeek uh, qualified second, finished first. Orlando Martinez qualified third, finished second, and Dustin Hosek uh, was the TQ but finished third. But it was between <laughs> those three. It was going to be between those three anyways. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie went. Had a good day. Qualifying sixth, finished fourth. Poteet was uh, fifth. Brian Kiever was sixth. Rob Connor was seventh. Lance Murray running uh, 13.5 wheeler instead of Plexpec. Finishing eighth. Uh, didn't finish last. So Andy Lachance was ninth. And Jason McLaren was in this one. Um, he actually, I believe he led maybe the first two laps and then his car broke. So yeah. that, that kind of sucked um, for him. So, and then Phil Bircher didn't start, but he did run his qualifiers. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see Phil at the track. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kind of trying to have some fun again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then four wheel drive mod was right after that, and Vanderbeek um, kind of, kind of just sort of walked away from everybody here in this one. Mitchell Pavel qualified third, finished second. Rico, uh, Chad Carstens qualifying second, finished third. Uh, Tommy Smith was fourth. Chad Hartshorn was fifth. Dylan Hartshorn was sixth, and John Haas uh, didn't start this one. I'm pretty sure his car was broken from the Eight. previous qualifier. So. And then we had stadium trucks and, uh, once again, kind of like, uh, so I, I believe these two went at it at the first, at the first one, the first triple scoop race, mm-hmm. Mac Vanderbeek qualified second, but finished first Wade Gehring qualified first, finished second. And I think Mac has taken two. So that, that means he gets a, he gets an ice cream. He gets some ice cream. He's going to get an ice cream yeah. gift card. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, Brian Cox finishing third. Yeah, I think he had a pretty good start because I think these the, the Mac and Wade were both crashing early, and I think Brian actually got up there pretty quickly and uh, and led for a little bit. And then Justin Seabe was fourth, Brian Burnt was fifth, Brady Papanow was sixth, and Dan Johnson with his new truck was seventh, and Phil Palmer was eighth. And then stock buggies, we had expert stock. 
Um, Orlando Martinez from the three spot taking the win. Jackson Anderson um, only finished a few seconds behind him, had the TQ, but finished second. Uh, Dustin Hosick was third. Jason McLaren on was fourth. Brian Kiever was fifth. Rob Connor was sixth. Ronnie Wint was seventh. Daniel Bender running buggy. His buggy looked really good. Yeah. Moving up from Plex Beck and racing both buggy. I think he raced both expert and independent. Yeah. I think he did too. Yeah. And then Kinzer and Jason uh, with did not start. Had some trouble early. Um, then we move on. So Mod Buggy, your race. Alex took this one. He had the TQ. Not by much, but he got the TQ. Ended up finishing like 12 seconds ahead of you. You finished second. Jeremy Fellows was third. Basically... The top three, exactly how he qualified. Owen Vanderbeek from the seven spot up to the four. Kyle Gannon ran into like a brick wall out there. Fell. Uh, actually, he moved up a spot from where he was, but he was even higher than that too uh, for mm-hmm. a while. And then uh, Rico was fourth. Tommy Smith was seventh. Brian Cox was eighth. Brian Burton was ninth. And Jackson Anderson broke out. And I remember that happening because it was loud. Yeah. I think he clobbered the back wall. Yeah, he did. So tell us about this one. I thought you were in it to win it and then not. Yeah, I uh I passed Alex on the first lap and uh we kind of got together and I went way back and drove up to second. Um I probably was closer. I crashed on the last lap on oh, the back yeah. quad. Yeah, you did. And um because I felt like I was reeling them in for a little while. But I don't know. I mean it was a good race. It could have been a lot better. But <laughs> <laughs> Still finished yeah. second. I mean, you know. Yeah. I know. I'm sick of second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, oh, well, there's another one in a couple weeks. So. Jeremy Fellows did good. I think he fell back, yeah, too. He, he fell back, too, and then drove up back to get third. I think he was he was towards, towards, the, towards the back at, the, like, the second or third lap. Mm-hmm. There's actually a chart yeah. down here that'll show you that. I guess I should look at that. Yeah, I mean, he was all the way down to eighth for the first two laps and then drove back to get third. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, Indy Buggy had uh, Steven Smith, your second place finisher from the INS race, uh, taking the win. Andy Lachance was second. Justin Stevie was third from the five spot. Brady Papanow was fourth. Jake Poteet uh, was fifth. Phil Palmer was sixth. Jason Haley was seventh. Trey Wysocki was eighth. Dan Johnson was ninth. And Lance Murray was tenth. And uh, I think Lance went home or something. Maybe he broke. I can't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, He's sitting right next to me. Yeah. Or across from me. Across and next. Yeah. Teddy corner. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if he broke or what. And then Mini Truggy um, finally had uh, me, uh, TQ, and a win. I did crash a little bit early and give up the lead mm-hmm. to uh, to Wade for a little bit. And then Wade finally wrecked over that quad. And then I was able to just kind of just mind my own business after that. Yeah. Uh, Jake Poteet with a solid second. Wade Gehring had third. Um, they were close pretty much the whole race after that. Uh, after that, after I got around Wade, I think Jake was actually catching uh, Wade and then eventually um, kind of traded up Rex. Uh, John Haas was fourth. Ronnie Went was fifth. And Trey Wysocki was sixth. And that kind of concludes um, that day. Felt good to get out and drive, though. Yeah. I like mini truggy. It's just fun. My truck oh, it looks like a blast. My truck works were pretty darn good too. And I was debating whether or not I was going to run it at all. Cause I'm trying, I, I don't know when golds are going to get back in stock for ellipses. So I mm-hmm. didn't want to, I didn't want to waste them 
I want to save them for the spring race. Yeah. Which we need to announce that too on here. I almost forgot about that. That's important. Um, but for before we do that, we should talk about on-road real fast. Just get out of the mm-hmm. way. Because then we can go straight to questions. Um, so on-road racing, we followed a, a big day on the Friday, followed by a big day on Saturday. And then as far as entry count goes, on-road is actually pretty good. There was 55 entries on Saturday or Sunday. That's pretty good for as nice as it was this weekend and everything, too. Yeah, and it was the last Winter Series race, so they handed out awards afterwards. They usually start USGT right off. So here's the deal. Uh, I am doing. A, I was doing a video on TA, the Tamiya TA-07, so I didn't actually run my normal X-Ray car in USGT. I ran my Tamiya car, and I ran it with the Tamiya spec, so it has that sonic motor in it, which I think is timing-wise is actually not as set as high as the gravity motor is. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I just, I'm pretty sure the gravity motor is way higher, like faster than the sonic motor as far as locked in yeah. bell handout motors go. So kind of was already at a disadvantage with that. But then I was also running the, the Tamiya tires, which I don't think yeah. are as grippy as the gravity ones either. What, uh, what compound a, I don't know, whatever we have in stock dude, at the store. Dude, the Tamiya compound to run when C, when C, C compound. That's C what I was going to say. That, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, really. that was on gray carpet when I was doing it. Right. But yeah, you could run those like all the way down to like the belt, like yeah. the belting or the webbing in the tire. Mm-hmm. They were, then they just get better until they got, or they'd get better as they got to that too. Yeah. Anyway. So to be honest with you, I kind of already had this class locked up. All I had to do was show mm-hmm. up. Um, cause I, I've, yeah. I've only missed one. And, uh, the guys that I needed to look out for it had actually missed multiples. So, there was no real way for me to lose other than me not showing up. So I wanted to race it because I wanted the best way to, in my opinion, to learn about a car is to actually be in a race. Yeah. That's you know. when the track's going to be there. And, that too. Yeah. I was frustrated Saturday because the, the track was just coated with dust. So I couldn't learn anything about my car anyways. So mm-hmm. I was just like, did it get better with those changes we made once the grip came up? It did. Yeah. The car yeah. actually is setup wise. The car is pretty good. I, the main, I took away some toe. Mm-hmm. So I jacked that I jacked as much toe in in the back as I could into that car. I lowered the roll centers as high as it could go mm-hmm. in both the front and back and I gave the car a bunch of front kick up in the front. Just yeah. cuz the car was so like it wouldn't move. Like it just it just drifted around the track and so uh it did it it was good. The first qualifier I was actually like, "Okay, uh, now I just got to get the gearing right. This car actually handles pretty good." Well then, I thought let's free the car up. So I took some toe out of it for the main and that was the wrong thing to do. It went totally backwards. It was slower and harder to drive. So I think that that car and how much twist that thing has because of how much plastic is in it. I think it's going to have to have that toe in, in the back. Did you leave the droop screws out of the rear? Yeah. Well, that thing's full troop. There's yeah, that I'm letting that baby roll. So that, that TO five I had, that thing would only work with the droop screws out all just no droop screws in the rear. And yeah, a lot of travel. So, uh, so Mike Clement got a TQ and a win. Um, Kenny McKinney finished second. Dennis Raritan was third. Um, it really wasn't that close. Uh, I could kind of see him out of the corner of my eye. I got lapped by Kenny twice, I think, um, on the track. I know I, I know I got lapped by Mike twice. Uh, Jason Rager uh, got around me at about the four-minute mark. That's when the car started to really go away, too. 
Mm-hmm. I finished fifth. Front tires probably heated up. More. Yeah, I finished fifth, and then uh, Jaden Rieger finished sixth. Jaden was all over me early, and uh, he got by me once, and then he hit the pipe, and then he almost got by me again, and then he hit the pipe. He kept hitting pipes as he was getting close to me, and then his dad ended up passing both of us. So, <laughs> um, but like I said, um, you know, in this class, uh, the top three for the season ended up being me, Kenny, and Dennis. Um, got a nice little podium picture and a trophy. TCS, uh, spec A main. So these are TTO2s, and they all kind of got to run the same thing. Um, there was a lot of them. Uh, so you had Jim Hungate uh, getting the win, Mark Ebner, uh, TQ in and getting second. Uh, ben Seedlick was third. Um, Tom Quininsley was fourth. Ron Chapluski was fifth. Barry Evland was sixth. Lance Chapluski was seventh. And Charles Randall was eighth. And I have no idea where they ended up finishing in the points. Maybe I should look one day. Other than USGT, nobody's going to get the points here. I'm, you know, they can talk about it yeah. later. Uh, twelve scale. Ooh, there was a B main of twelve scale. That's great. That's uh, almost unheard of. Yeah, that's awesome. Pro ten. So these are ten scale pan cars, and they're going really fast. Your fast lap in Pro ten was a nine point five, and to put that <laughs> and to put that in the perspective, the USGT fast lap was a twelve zero. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mike's uh, moving. That is moving. That is very fast. Uh, Mike Clement, uh, TQ and win. Kobe Krell was second. Benjamin Fenton was third. Uh, Will Frerichs was fourth. Jason Schald was there um, out of quarantine, finishing fifth. And Charles Randall with a DNS. Then Vintage Trans Am had uh, Chris Tyler with a TQ and win. Dennis Reardon was second. Tony Cook was third. Jay Hines. Getting up there with fourth. Jason Rager was uh, fifth. Barry Evelyn was sixth. Ben Seedlick was seventh. Looks like Ken McKinney had a DNS in this one. Hmm. And Euro Truck, those uh, TTO1s that you're not allowed to make any changes with, there was just three of them, four of them. Chris Tyler a uh, beat out Tim by a lap. Tim Ski. Uh, Mark Brigatti was third, and Barry Evelyn was fourth. And Formula One. If I was going to race an additional class in on-road, this would be the one. Um, this is this is the only, really the only thing that really interests me, other than touring car. Uh, Tony Cook, TQ and a win. Ken McKinney, qualified fourth, finished second. Jason Rager was third. Dennis Redden was fourth. Olin Hines was fifth. Jim Hungate was sixth. Mark Ebner was seventh. And Mason Ebner was eighth. And then finally, 12 scale, last race of the day, had uh, Mike Clement doing the triple, TQ and a win. Um, their fast lap was a 10-2, so... Those 10 scale pan cars must have a really hot motor in them. I'm not even sure what it would be, but it, it's got to be faster because 12 scale is usually the fastest on the track. Chris Tyler finished second from the five spot, so that's really good. Uh, Benjamin Fenton was third. Jay Hines was fourth. Jason Schald was uh, fifth. And Kobe Krell was sixth. And that kind of concludes our race weekend. So another really good, just, uh, just a good normal club racing week. Next week's the Techno Series fun finale. And that'll be fun. Hopefully, Kenny gets yeah. my body done so I can race e-buggy. That'd be cool. I saw that Chad Parks is in the chat. So oh, that leads me up to my announcement. So go ahead, hey, uh, Will. So I was like, so I says to myself when I'm driving to driving home from work today, I says, you know, with that uh, new gas truck coming out, it'd be nice to let some people know about it. And what better way to have uh, to tell people about gas truck racing than uh, the guy that's making all the conversion kits? So next week we're going to have Chad Parks on the show. Yeah. 
So think about your gas truck questions for them, and uh, if you have any, and uh, we'll talk to him about gas trucking it. Maybe how he got into RC, that kind of thing. Yeah, Chad Parks has been around for a very, 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 very long time. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. about as old as I am. And yeah, he uh, he's been very, very fast. <laughs> Chad's one of those dudes that he doesn't travel a whole lot. So when, when you actually, when you go to like fast lane and he's racing, he surprises you. Cause you're like, you know, who the hell is this guy? Who's Chad Darks? Yeah. Who's Chad Darks? <laughs> so Chad's, Chad's one of those guys is really fast, but because he doesn't travel a whole lot anymore, especially you could be really, you know, you could be brand new within the last five years, go to fast lane for the first time and get your butt handed to you, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly. So, yeah. When, uh, if he ever takes me out at a race again, <laughs> again, cause I remember the last time I'm going to be like Chad darks. I'm going to call him <laughs> Chad darks. <laughs> like, like that, uh, like that South park, episode South park episode where it's, ski, uh, um, skiing. uh, Stan, Stan Darsh. <laughs> With the 80s montage. That's called a montage. And uh, pizza, french fries. Pizza, french pizza. fries. You know, they used that pizza. montage song twice. They used it in that episode, and then they used it in Team America World Police. Yeah. I thought that was uh, very funny. And if you pizza when you should have, or if you french fried when you should have pizza. You're going to have, have a bad time. time. Uh, another quick announcement. Now that we got done with the uh, the things, and we'll try to get to questions here, but uh, the ProTech Spring Champs, April 23rd through the 25th. It's official. Got a hold of uh, of the guys at ProTech slash A-Main. And uh, we've been trying to get them to be title sponsor for this race ever since the TLR Cup went away. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they were kind of reluctant because our ProTech, I mean, honestly, we hadn't been ordering. I mean, we order a lot of ProTech, but even back then I thought we did. But now we, I mean, our store is full of ProTech stuff because it actually works good. And it, yeah, it works really good. There's a couple of reasons why it works really good. Uh, they have a lot of stuff for a lot of different things. But you know, um, let's say like um, on the nitro side, clutch bells, clutches, you know, um, air filters that you can get almost cheaper than the other stuff. But uh, like we have a whole aisle of screws now that are under the ProTech label, right? And yeah. I like I like Protect batteries a lot. I, I use them exclusively in my stuff. I like Protect servos. I use them exclusively in my stuff. You know, it's a lot of stuff that we never could really get back in the day. You can now get under that A main slash Protect label. So, um, so they sponsored the Syndicate last year, and then we kind of had to move the Syndicate because of the J Concepts race, and uh, and now they're they're definitely title sponsor of our spring race. So now that race will forever be known as the ProTech race. Nice. That'd yeah. be cool. Yes. So pretty happy about that. The history of that race, I mean, it, it was the Novak race. And then Novak went away in 2016, unfortunately. And now it's, uh, and then it was a TLR Cup for a year. And then it was just mm-hmm. the Hobbyplex champs. And now it's the ProTech race. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? Well, you want to roll through these uh, questions real fast? Or is there anything else we need to talk about? Not that I can think of. Yeah, no, can you yeah, think of anything? No, not really. Okay. Um, okay. Let's move up. 
Uh, let's see. Spring Champs. Is it only mini tees, not bees? No, we're going to have a mini tee melee. It's open to any two wheel drive mini tee or mini bee. Brushless, mm-hmm. brushed. I don't care. Basically, uh, we're going to be doing a raffle that week, that weekend or whatever. And then the money that we get from the raffle is going to go to the Dash for Cash and the mini tee melee. And we can have up to 20 cars all at once. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good video, too. Yeah. Um, when you build an RC, this is from KW. When you build an off-road 10 scale buggy, do any of us, do you or I use a setup station? No, nope. I sure don't. I use the J concepts camber gauge and ride head gauge. That, that would be my setup station and a flat, um, and a flat board or, or our tech table works really good at the Plex. We have a really nice kind of tech area and it's definitely flat. I've, I've actually measured it with the, with a, um, A flatness gauge? Uh, no. What, uh, <laughs> a level, level. A level. I've actually used a level on it. It's definitely flat. Um, not saying that setup stations wouldn't be cool, but it's kind of, for 10-scale cars, probably overkill. So your off-road buggy's like jumping six feet in the air, and even if it lands, it's probably going to knock all that stuff out just a little bit every time, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah. You tumble that thing once, better put it on the setup station, you know? It's like 12-scale. You hit something. Whoop, yeah, there goes there goes your tweak. Mm-hmm. Oh. I probably wouldn't wouldn't spend the money on a setup station for off road. Personally, you can use that money on tire warmers. You can spend that money on tires. Save that's, your money by tires. Yeah, that's true. Just buy tires. Um, let's see. How come four wheel drive buggy never caught or front wheel drive buggy never caught on? It would be another class. Yeah, that too. You know, I, I think, I if, think if, it, is, it does look cool. That ORB it, car. It does look cool. I wonder how it jumps. Probably. Uh, the other thing too, <laughs> did you know that in Roar and Ifmar rules that mm-hmm. front wheel drive would actually run with four wheel drive cars? Yeah. So you can actually show up at a track with a front wheel drive, that cool a front wheel drive buggy. And officially it's supposed to go and race with the four wheel drive cars. Mm hmm. So it's not out of the question. That'd be a huge controversy though. If it's like some, somebody did make a super awesome front wheel drive car and it, yeah. And it won like worlds. Yeah. Could you imagine everybody's face melting? Yeah. It'd be like, man, we wasted our time for this long on this. Yeah. <laughs> for how long on this? Oh, which reminds me, uh, I just saw that, uh, if just canceled, they made it official. Yeah. And they just canceled the Worlds, the Nitro 8-scale Worlds in Brazil, and the 10-scale Electric Onward Worlds, wherever they were being held at. So That's a bummer. Kind of a bummer, but honestly, they keep choosing countries like Argentina and Brazil that have really goofy entry laws, and they could basically hold you for ransom until you give them money to get your stuff. That's what happened in Argentina. Live RC had to pay an extraordinary amount of money to the corrupt, basically like uh, customs agents there. Like they yeah. had to pay the customs agents money to get their stuff. It wasn't going to the government. It was going to the customs agents. Oh, really? Yeah. I, did, I never heard that story. Yeah. That happened to a lot of our guys that went, that went to that race specifically that I heard uh, customs was a nightmare because it was like, you got to give me money to get your stuff. Like, that doesn't sound How much fun. money was it? It was a lot. I think it was a couple grand. I might be wrong on what? that. Yeah, I might be wrong on that, but I think that's what it was. 
Wow. There's like nothing you can do about it. No, there isn't. It's terrible. Yeah, we're supporting your economy by coming to have this race here, and then we're just going to get nightsticked by basically for no reason. Yeah. I used to watch, I admit that I subscribed to the Watch People Die subreddit when it was on Reddit. And a lot of those videos were from Brazil of just random acts of violence. I'm not saying they're all like that. Because, I mean, you could go to certain U.S. cities and it might be like that, too. But, dude, like, that's scary. Yeah. You know? It's terrible. Bender wants to know, what can I use that doesn't eat through my tires? Because on Saturday, I used PB Blaster and ate through my brand new set of tires for tire sauce. Well, I mean, you could try Liquid Wrench. In, uh, In my testing, I've noticed that Liquid Wrench doesn't wear out the tires as much as PB blaster. However, Mm -hmm. I also know that if you leave your, if you leave PB blaster on for too long, that's one way to kill your tires really quick. I don't know. Like I, I ran a new set on my car and that's me pulling the throttle Mm -hmm. and they, uh, they still have some life left in them after an entire, like three practice runs and, uh, two heats in a main. Like I I generally put, that stuff on about three races before mine, about 15 minutes. And that's, yeah, about that's, as, really that's, all you need, that's about as long as I go. If you, if you leave them on for longer, I think that's how you get to that point where they start to swell almost. And then they really, really wear out the tires. Well, it's like, it's almost like when they grind or like when they just like melt off like that, they're not gripping as well either. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sometimes you use like a sauces and going to grip as well, or it doesn't grip as well. And it it's, wears the tires worse because they're just spinning and grinding the tread off. Yeah. I use PB Blaster. I mean, try Liquid Wrench, WD-40, things like that. But yeah. I think that maybe the timing is... Yeah, uh, maybe just try to get... Essence. I would say just try to get the timing down a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Especially because he's racing stock. It shouldn't burn through tires that quickly. You should be able to run tires for like a, a month. while. Yeah. All right, Mad Thunder 2 is lighter fluid good traction compound. Not on our dirt. Not on our dirt. Yeah, it, it, it's mainly an on-road thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it's usually used as a cleaner, cleaner. But do you remember that giant bag I used to have that I'd bring to the track with me Mm-mm. when I was working on sauce? Oh, no. Um, I had that. It was like a big duffel bag, and it was completely full of different bottles and different stuff. Oh. And, and then I had, like, 20 sets of tires in it, all with that dedicated sauce on it and nothing else to try to find things that would work. Yeah. And lighter lighter fluid didn't cut it. Oh. So, I mean, you could try it if you want, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Haas broke a spur gear and warm-up in his four-wheel drive. That's why he wasn't there. Uh-huh. Um, Lance's transmitter battery died. I've been there. Uh, Jason Haley, for Will, do I need a metal idler gear and metal diff gear for gas truck? It's funny um, you mentioned that. I would say idler gear, for sure. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think Robinson Racing makes those. Mm-hmm. They might. I mean, that they're always the go-to, but I think that, um, and we can talk about this next week, but I think that that's something that uh, Chad's going to have for the, the T6.2 or yeah. T6 series gas truck um that would fit in there but because that was always my because the engine i have and i actually just found this out today i didn't even know um i'm running that tg and in my gt2 
the last time I raced that, you remember? I I had like five laps up on the field, something like that. It was I had a TQ'd, race in hand, going down the straightaway, pulled throttle, and stripped the transmission in that GT2. Yeah, been there. So there's that TG engine that you can get through uh, Chad. I think he's ta- I don't know if he's taken pre-orders for it yet or not, but um, I think that you can get it through him. It's like 230 bucks, if yeah. I remember right. And that engine is 0.88 horsepower. And the engine mm-hmm. I'm running, the TZ, is uh, 1.5 horsepower. It's like double. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of wondering if I need to get a TG engine. That or, I think Chad's, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the nostalgia of that engine, too. Yeah. I mean, that thing's bad to the bone. But, yeah, I, I just my experience, definitely either gear. Like I, I told mm-hmm. that story about the Nats I went to in 05 where I was, I was in a bump spot. I was about to get up into the D main of gas truck and I got on the throttle and my truck went and came to a rolling mm-hmm. stop. Well, and the, the fun, you know, the thing is, is that that transmission will handle a four or five and a buggy on carpet. Yeah. You know, or like yeah. even on dirt, I, I ran my two wheel, but my two wheel truck with a five, five, but I think it has to do with the power delivery because it's like, that clutch it doesn't engage until so many RPM, and the clutch is better than the one the one that comes with Chad's truck mm-hmm. or the Ignite truck. That's a three shoe clutch. The one we were running back then were those uh, the nylon uh, two shoe ones that you have to like take a Dremel and cut the nylon down to change the stall. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And you know, and that one, I, I mean, it was that. like you pull the throttle, you pull the throttle, it's like pow right in the kisser, like you know, it just like all that bang goes straight through the transmission mm-hmm. you know that's probably why why it would strip gears but um and my and my gt2 has been broken since then i never fixed it oh <laughs> it's so dejected it's still sitting up there and i have all the parts to fix it i just never fixed it um okay so that's a good quite good answer uh what's a good substitute for lips golds on truggy uh mini truggy uh john's john's front golds are almost slicks um silvers I mean, that's what I'm going to end up yeah. doing. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, uh, for the spring champs, silvers will probably be pretty good because the track will be newer or the mm-hmm. track will be new. So uh, silvers work really good at our place when the track is brand new. So either that or if you're not devoted to brand, you could do uh, play compound positrons. Uh, Steve RC wants to know, is there a good place we can see the points for triple scoop? I forgot to post them Saturday. I'm dumb. Hmm. So I need to actually, maybe I'll go to the track tonight, grab the computer and uh and see if i can get it going oof here's one uh this is probably because i work in hobby store this is probably one for me um guys i am confused in a dilemma with the following options red cat volcano epx pro brushless armor senton 550 brushed tracks a slash tool drive brushed or volus volesi desert truck two-wheel drive brushed so uh, if you're going to take those four cars, I've never heard of the Velo- Vel- or maybe it's Losi Losi desert truck, two wheel drive mm. brushed Losi desert truck, two wheel drive brushed. I don't think there is a two wheel drive brushed one. Um, I would say honestly, the, the, the volcano is a pretty good option because it's brushless and you can buy mm-hmm. them for almost the same price as an Arma Centon or slash brushed. As long as you have part support for it. And as long as you uh, 
how do I put this nicely? Um, are okay with there being a slight uh, flip of the coin as to whether or not, I don't know if I should say that. Should I say that? Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Either. Uh, there, if basically it's flip of the coin, if, if it's, if it's going to work or not, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying not to laugh because my, my, uh, I'm breathing weird because of my, my bike experience. So, um, uh, but I'm looking for fun durability and spare and spare stock. These options are very similar price range. What do you, what do you recommend? So I'd go with that Traxxas. Yeah. I was going to say either the Armour Centon or the Traxxas Slash. It depends on if, if you have, I think he's, I think, I think Mauricio's from Columbia. I think he's yeah. a guy from Columbia. So I'm not sure what you have down there for, uh, for local support, so, you yeah. know, but so if you have a hobby shop, yeah. um, whatever they carry at the hobby shop is what I would go with. And honestly, like even if you go like, like through a main or something like that, a main's probably always going to have tracks of stuff. And the cool thing about that platform is it hasn't changed in forever. Yeah. 2008 so, was when it came out and it hasn't changed at all. So there, so there's a lot of, uh, aftermarket parts you can get, uh, RPM stuff, maybe more durable, but I, what um, I tell people I, at the I, store is, is everybody and their mom makes parts for it. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like, if you're not planning on racing, you know, I mean, none of those are really race vehicles, but the slash, like you could still kind of race it in the plex, like a beginner class or something. If you ever had organized racing to go to, I just think that it's kind of the end all beat all as far as, uh, uh, pick something up everything's in the box and I think you take it home and run it. I think, yeah. I think I'm, and the other thing too, is I think, I think red cat stuff is getting a lot better than where it was even just five years ago. Yeah. Cause it, red cat stuff used to be that stuff that would come into the store and you'd be like, Oh no. And, and somebody had bought it online and then it doesn't work at all. And they're trying to get us yeah. to get it fixed for them. It's really not like that anymore. I'm also very surprised not surprised, I guess, but um, I've also been learning that Red Cat is very, very popular too outside of the United States. It's very popular in the United States period, but outside of the United States, even it's it's even bigger. So mm-hmm. if if you have access to the Red Cat stuff, the fact that that comes with a brushless motor is is probably your best bet as far as value goes. Uh, so hopefully, we helped you out with that. In the end, you got to make the decision, but that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick wants to know as popular as four wheel drive classes. Have you thought about splitting it in expert and independent? I have, if, if I was going to do something like that, we would have just an independent series again, which, which we might end up doing here. Um, maybe next fall. But other than that, it, it's two wheel drive buggy still. Usually if you, if you took, if you took independent and you took expert, and you put them together and you got rid of the guys that are running both, it would still be the bigger class. So that's the yeah. one that I divide up. Mm-hmm. Just got a B74. Is the box stock setup good for the Plex track? I think so. And there, it's definitely a good place to start. I mean, it'll get around the track fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, if it's your first four wheel, that's kind of all you really need is just to learn how to drive, drive that uh, animal. Yep. Yeah, I, I would, I'd start with the box stack setup and work from there and see what, and just change things that change things on it that you need for your driving style. Yep. Um, Jason Haley, are we calling it gas truck or motor truck? Well, motor is electric. 
It's gas truck. It's definitely gas truck. Even yes, though we don't technically use gas, gas. even though we technically don't use actual gas. That's one thing that Roar was always funny about. They wouldn't call gas truck gas truck. They called it a uh, one-tenth fuel truck because you're actually yeah. putting fuel into it. But yeah. it's still gas truck. We've always called it it's, gas truck. We'll just leave it at that. It's gas truck. Yeah, when you say gas truck, everybody knows what gas truck is. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan Ruskamp, is there ever an eight-scale e-buggy, e-truggy class at the Plex? Not normally. Buggy, yes. Truggy, not really. Hardly anybody local has one. And I've been asked over and over again to put in the Techno Series. And the last time I did that, I did. Like three people showed up. So that's why I'm reluctant to add it to the Techno Series. Plus, we don't need any more classes at the Techno Series. The day is long enough as it is. And, uh, and it's, hard, it's, it's hard enough to get giveaways for everything. So... But I mean, if honestly, if uh, like on a Friday night, if we had like four guys show up with, with, with truggies, e-truggies, we totally run them, mm-hmm. you know, techno series. No, sorry. We already have too many classes. So, uh, there you go. I'm going to go home and, uh, I'm going to take a hot shower and I'm going to try to talk my wife into massaging my leg, even though I know she'll, sell, she'll, she'll say no. She's yeah. not into that. Um, uh, how many viewers did we have tonight? Uh, hey, we got up to 31. Really? Yeah. We'll try again eh, next. We'll not. try. We'll try again next week. Tell your friends. Yeah. Next week. We'll try to go for 50 at the same time. I got this little thing yeah. down here and it says watching now. And as soon as that pegs up to 50 gift card until then, mm-hmm. we'll just, uh, we'll just hold that out there. We'll hold it as a carrot. Maybe this, maybe this is the week before we get 50. Yeah. We exactly. tell people about it. Yeah. We'll get 50. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, thanks to uh, Pivot Lending Group for being our sponsor that keeps us able to come weekly to you. And uh, you can find them at pivotlending.com. And if you mention our show uh, to Don Zoller or uh, Aiden Olson's dad, you can get a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off your interest rate if you go through with uh, uh, home loan refinance. And that'll do it for tonight. Uh, of course, this is always brought to you by the Hobbyplex, of course, because... Uh, we're the Hobby Flux Show, and then we're doing this in Weberize Studios. So if you want to do your own podcast, um, get a hold of Weberize.com and uh, schedule some time. All right, well that's it for me. I got to go to the bathroom really bad, so I'm gonna sign off. Say see you. Okay. Okay. See you guys. Yep. <laughs>